Either great minds think alike, or we're just both nerds, I'm not sure. Both, both of those things are true. <laughs> yeah. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. <laughs> In 1999, a slightly disturbing young man declared that we are soldiers of hell. We are neither soldiers, nor from hell. But like obedient little sleeper agents, we have gradually recruited people from popular culture to create a military force to be reckoned with. Each episode, we'll be nominating someone new to join our ranks. Yeah, the crickets. Uh, the crickets. Not, uh, not Buddy Ollie's mates. No. But um, crickets in the field, because we're... At our country estate at the minute, having a leisurely, gentlemanly walk with uh, the newest addition to your brood. Hang on a second. Is it crickets or an electric fence? Both. Let's get Alan Grant to just climb it and check. <laughs> oh, God. We are here with a dog. This is a first for those on the yeah. podcast. Normally, the only animal in the background is um, the occasional meow of one of our cats. But now you've, you've only gone and got a dog. There's <laughs> a random karanga just in the grass. Yeah. Hello. there. Weird. Anyway, it's, so he's, I'm having a, a bit of a walk of your dog. And well, he's having a bit of a walk yeah, of you, probably I think. Is, yeah. He's, he's seen the salmon t-shirt and thought, I know, I know who's in charge here. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I shout his name, because he's obviously new to me and this is all very new, it reminds me of a Trevor Simon sketch. <laughs> There's um, a video where they're pretending they own a country estate, just like we're in right now. And uh, they're walking a Labrador dog, so it's perfect. It's just it's the same setting, basically, that we're in right now, apart from they're dressed in tweed. And uh, oh. But they keep, Simon keeps getting the dog's name wrong. So he's like, Samson, Sandra, come on, Sunita. Sunita. <laughs> come on, Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> Portentious for me is obviously, as, as we were just discussing, I'm uh, currently one against three in my family as to, with a view to getting a dog. Yeah, I resisted for probably about two years. How long have you got in you, do you think? I don't think I've got the fight left in me. If anything now, it is purely the cost of a dog that's prohibitive. We're not one of these families that's sort of abroad every five minutes, so we haven't got to think about kennels and that sort of stuff. I like to think that we're relatively, probably outdoors is not the right word, but we, we like to try and be a bit active. So. Yeah, definitely. And a dog would, I suppose, only further encourage that. So uh, I think I am definitely, I, within a year, I reckon I'm gonna have to have lost it. Well, well, let's lay down a marker. It's September now. So by next September, let's yeah, see if you've got a dog. See if we've got that dream dog. We've yeah. had him like three weeks now. And he came to us from another home, a good home. He's a good dog, <laughs> but he's also incredibly strong and needs a little bit of training. Um, I don't understand because he's really strong, but he's approximately half the size of both of us. Yeah. So we should be twice as strong as him. <laughs> yeah. and it's just not working out. I mean, well. you are. You would win in a tug of war. Yeah. He definitely if would. In fact, I win a tug of war with him every day. Well, sort of. I have to concede, otherwise it would go on forever. Because he's got a very strong mouth oh, and jaw, it, yeah. and he clamps on, and he whips his head and he pulls. But obviously, I'm heavier, so he's never going to win that battle. So it really is irresistible force meets immovable object, <laughs> something like that. Until I let go. <laughs> until I let go. So. 
the footage you've taken of me with the dog is going to do. I, the, in fact, the fact that I'm already saying, oh, within a year I'll have given up. In essence, that means I've already given up. So you've just so, uh, brought me a, a new toy to tinker with. Yes. Um, well, it's, it's recently been your birthday, so it seems like an appropriate moment to pass it on. I mean, we'd agreed it anyway before your birthday, but in my loft I had a non-functioning Atari 2600. <laughs> 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 As some of you know recently referred to it. Hi, it's Dave from Geeky Guys. First and last time, well, not the last time, but first time it's ever been done. Atari 2600. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's never worked. I think I bought it off the internet years ago. Didn't work, um, and I just sort of had it on the shelf as a curio. Okay. Um, and you like to tinker, yeah? You can have it. Thank to you. tinker with Thank and very much. see if you can repair it. That's, uh, that's lovely. I'll add it. I'll add it to my other Ataris if I can get it working. <laughs> it's. Um, I haven't got a twenty six hundred, so I'm very excited to give it a go. I've watched a lot of YouTubes of people trying to fix old consoles. Sometimes you watch something that's taken 15 weeks condensed into a 15 minute video. In my mind, it's going to take me 15 minutes. In reality, yeah, you think that's that's real time. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. I think that's so. That's an, that's an, that's two things we need to update on. We will. So. When, do, when will I have a dog and when will you have the Atari function? Which one will win the race? That's the question. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I might never be able to fix it. It might be irreparable. In my, which case, it still just will be a nice little curio. <laughs> yeah. My best guess is uh, it will be the capacitors because they quite often pop. Flux or otherwise. Oh yeah, not that. They're currently in flux. <laughs> Because I'm, because uh... we haven't explored them yet. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually even know what's in the box properly, other than it might not even get a power. It might be there's no plug. <laughs> that might be the problem. You've not plugged it in yet. <laughs> we'll give it a go. Yeah. The beauty is all Atari because you said it doesn't have a controller either, but all Atari joysticks are up to pre Jaguar are compatible. Oh. Yeah. The same. Same, the same old, uh, the, the classic plug-in that nine, used to have nine, on like the nine uh, pin thing, Python, Python joystick compatible. Yeah, works that on. Was I remember when I was young, when I was little, maybe not little, maybe like eleven. That was like the most impressive and coveted thing someone could own was a, a Python, a Python yeah. joystick. The um, what was the one that was popular with Commodore and Amiga owners? Competition Pro. Yes. That was very sought yeah. after as well. Yeah. And if it had the two trigger, the one on the top of the thumb and the one underneath, oh, wow. Two buttons. Can you imagine such a thing? A game <laughs> being able to be operated with just two buttons. I, I think this is right. I was talking to you the other night when we were playing uh, online games on the Xbox. Beyond three buttons, I think I, I'm just ru rubbish. I think the Mega Drive original three-button controller is kind of my, <laughs> my threshold. <laughs> I think multi-button controllers, for me, the peak was the Sega Saturn. Okay. I liked that controller, it just felt right. That was six button, right? I think it was, yeah, it was four face buttons and then two shoulder triggers, I think. Right, okay. It felt, it felt good. Similar, I suppose, to the stairs, actually. That had the two shoulder buttons. I always forget that had those. Yeah. And that was where, sort of like, I think Street Fighter 2 
was the first game I played that really took advantage of six buttons. So obviously you had the light, medium and heavy attacks. And when that came out on the Mega Drive, that's when they had to introduce the six button controller, yes. wasn't it? And if you played with a three button one, I think you had to hit select to swap between punch and kick. Oh my God. Which was <laughs> just a pain in, the, pain in the arse, really. Yeah, for whoever you were punching or kicking and in the arse. Yes. If you did it well, it was. Yeah. Um, so talking about multi-button controllers, I had a go on Sea of Thieves last night for the first time. All right. So I did the tutorial and that has got some multi-button action. Yeah. It's one of these where you have to, uh, you hold one of the shoulders to bring up your menu, then you have to select it. Um, but if you want to go to your quests, you have to do that and press A. And at one point you're having to sort of manage three buttons being pressed at the same time in order to correctly select what you want to do. Oh. So it needs a bit of practice. It does feel like beyond my capabilities. Well, give it a go though. I, I really enjoyed it, but it is almost impossible to do well one player. You have to have two people at least working well together. Okay. Because one of you steers the ship, but if you're steering the ship, you can't see the map because that's below deck. Oh, right. And if you want to put the anchor up or down, Samson, Sonia, Sunita, <laughs> what have I got? Good boy. You need someone yeah. so you need steering and, you need and someone navigating. Yeah, and at times, it's, let's go. You will need one person sailing, one person navigating, and then you'll have to take it in turns to say, right, well, I need to drop the anchor now, or I need to change the sail. Right. And then if another group of players comes into your field of vision and wants to attack you, one of you's got to man the cat. It's, it is a handful. Okay. Part of the challenge of the whole game is just getting to the, the island you're going to successfully <laughs> and not smashing against the rock as I did the first time. Brilliant. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it, and I think it's got a lot of potential, but it is... Yeah, you have to work together properly. Okay. So I think it'll be good. We'll give that a go. Yeah. And, and the other one I've explored, obviously, recently, is I finally downloaded Gears 5. Oh, yeah. And had a quick go on one of the death matches at Brilliant. Everything I wanted it to be. All right. Genuinely loved it. It's a quick death match. I think it's 5v5. Um, you can set how many rounds you want to do. So I think that would be a good one as well. So that's what you need to persuade Simon to get on. He's, he's a big Gears fan as well. Yeah. So, to put that in context, at the minute, there's six of us that play online. It's now a 4v2 Xbox versus non-Xbox since I capitulated, and I'm glad I did so because I'm loving it. But one of them is a gaming... I don't know if it's a gaming laptop or PC he's got. Yeah. I think it's a laptop. But it's good enough to play cross-platform win he can he could get the xbox game pass for pc yeah it's definitely, definitely high spec it's, enough. A, it's less than a year old good spec so it should run everything that's currently current gen yeah and so the last sticking point really is the playstation yeah one of them made big promises yeah and has failed to deliver so far give him another month and we'll report back on that as well <laughs> Going back to retro gaming briefly, so one of my new toys is a an Evercade, which is a handheld retro gaming platform, um, modern device. It's about the same size as a PSP, and it has cartridges. I saw one in game uh, yeah. about two or three days ago. Looked pretty good. 
And on each cartridge is anywhere between, well, there's one, there's one collection that's just two games, but most of them are between six and 20 games, retro games. So you've, you've got Atari on there, you've got Mega Drive, SNES, NES, lots of sort of classic console stuff. And uh, I'm really enjoying that for my sort of, that fills a gap when you've just got 10 minutes and you can't be bothered to sit through 10 minutes of load screens. Yeah. Just pick that up and yeah. smash out a few good. rounds of Centipede. It's great. Centipede, yeah. Yeah. Those sorts of games, there is definitely still very much a place for them. And I, and you're right, it's those 10 minute quick bursts of just fun where you don't necessarily need to boot up the TV. It's a tree. So I think there's about 20, gate, 20 cartridges available now. And then they're about to release three ones with arcade, actual arcade ports on there as well. Um, and they're releasing a TV version of it. So I've got the handheld version, but the one they're bringing out one called the Versus, but it still takes the same cartridges, but it you can play two player because you can plug any oh. USB controllers into it. And all the save states are on the cartridge. So you, if you, it's got That's good, a then. bit like a switch in, in a way you can play it on the go or on the TV. So yeah, it's a good thing. All in all, things are moving smoothly game-wise. They are, they are indeed. You tired? Panted. You a good boy. You are a treat. So another new piece of technology has arrived in your life as well as the Evercade. Yes, a bit of uh, how to keep my alcohol levels up technology. <laughs> um, so is it, is it a pinter? A pinter? Yeah, well, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> the play-based. <laughs> because uh, on the... So a pinter... Let, let's get this out of the way and we'll come back to the pun. On, on the, on, a pinter is a... Uh, way to brew beer at home, but it's, I would call it the soda stream of beer. I think that's probably a fair comparison. It's uh, so, some really well-engineered technology, holds 10 pints, you basically get some fresh press and some yeast through the post of varying different styles, depending on what kind of beer you like. Put it in with some water, leave it so many days, put it in the fridge for so many days, Beer's your uncle. I mean, it, they've done an apple with brewing. Yeah. It is just... And you can brew cider in it as well. <laughs> it's just, they've done everything that I suppose Apple did with the iPod compared to the faff of cassettes. They've just, it's, it's nice to look at. That's the first thing. Yes. It's very pleasing to the eye. Oh my God, the packaging. It's gorgeous. It just unboxing it is a delight. It just looks from the videos I've seen and the photo you had. It's an event. It's a premium feel. Yeah. And just the, like you say, well engineered. It looks good. And I think over the last few years, I've realised that I can be very easily sold a product. Yeah. Even if it's one I don't necessarily need, if I can look at it and go, oh, that's clever. Yeah. Or it looks good. Yeah. Like, I don't need a pinter, but I'll you be like, yeah, here, have my certainly money. certainly want one, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like a bit of home brewing, but Wait. compared to the 
sort of the faff of a massive bucket which is just impractical and I'm terrified that it'll spill all over the kitchen and siphons and bottles and cleaning you get the same kick of I made this beer without all that yeah accoutrements yeah um, so I've put my first one onto brew last night and uh, hopefully in a week or so it'll be ready um, I'm gonna go and look at a second-hand mini fridge <laughs> because <laughs> I, I've realized this is gonna take up a good amount of real estate in the fridge so uh, <laughs> probably need another way of keeping it cool um, but back to your joke so uh, on the app that you can download that gives you all the instructions there's a way of tracking your brews on it and how many days are left and all that kind of stuff and it makes you name your pinter what did i call mine harold uh, yes harold <laughs> i called it harold uh, the great minds think alike oh we're just both nerds i'm not sure both both of those things are true <laughs> yeah. they have to be mutually exclusive <laughs> So is that because the company that make it is called Bishop? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Bishop's name, Brewing Company. <laughs> so yeah, I'm rather looking forward to this. So your first brew, Stars and Stripes American IPA. Yes. What other recipes have you got? Uh, another one that, the, the next one I can do, because I've got the pack in my fridge ready to go, is... Uh, is it? Oh, my pronunciation is going to be awful here. West Nuevo? Nuevo? That sounds yeah. good and solid. Two of my brother-in-laws have got them. And uh, so I've set set up a group called Pint Club. <laughs> so that we can, you can't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But no, what am I doing? I'm broadcasting it. That's the actual worst I could do. Apparently the first Stars and Stripes that one of them did was great and the second one was poor. So I've asked, well what were the variables? So there's still there's still an element of craft to this. It's not just soda stream. You're not gonna necessarily get it right first time. But that's part of the joy of it for me. Yeah. And the good news is if it goes wrong, it's only ten pints. Yeah. That you don't like or you got to put up with not 30 to 40 bottles yeah yeah so again another thing to report back on yeah how was the first brew yeah uh, i like this we've got short-term medium and long-term goals that we need to report back on <laughs> it's like we've uh, yeah it's like we're doing our annual yeah. review on our, on our podcast <laughs> now this it, just walking through this glade section now with all these Bits flying in the air. It's somewhat idyllic. I like. I like that. Yeah, it's a stunning day. It really is. Maybe the last drop of summer. Last drop of summer. First drop of stars and stripes. Yeah. I think I might capture. I might record myself drinking, sampling the first. Oh, bits. That's, the, that's the other thing I like about the design, is that it's it's the brewing and the tap itself. Yeah. It's the keg. It's completely self-contained. I think it, you're right. It is brilliant design. Yeah, we aren't on commission, but um, if I mean, it, send this <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'd like Harold Mark too, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's time for a rank. What shall we call this feature? The soldiers of hell rank off. Come rank with me. Strictly come ranking. Maybe just a load of rank.
watched Black Widow last night. Oh yeah, yes. The, the, right. It's a bumper crop for Marvel, isn't it? The back end of this year. Are you going to watch yeah. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? That's a mouthful. It, yeah. Apparently, it addresses the, the real Mandarin. Right. Rather than... Uh, rather than the Ben... Ben Kingsley? Yeah. I what actually, was he called? Terry something? Yeah, Terry. Yeah. I quite liked the Mandarin twist in Iron Man 3. It a lot is, of people didn't. Divisive, I think, if you're a big fan of the comics. It just goes to show how the MCU's developed, because back then they did it because they didn't feel like magic was going to be um, an acknowledged part of this universe. Yeah. And now they're all up in their Doctor Strangers and... Wonders. Uh, and, and, yep. To Black Widow. Thoughts? I mean, it's hard because the Marvel Universe is so consistent, but I would say that this was one of my least favourite. Even though a lot of the constituent parts were good, like the action scenes were good, the lead actors were good. I like them all, actually. Apart from Ray Winston's <laughs> Russian accent left an accent to be desired. <laughs> I don't think he even bothers. I think he starts <laughs> off in his first couple of scenes, giving it a bit of a go, and then just thinks, nah. <laughs> yeah. But all in all, I thought it was slightly tonally inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned to you when I went to see it that the first third is very much setting up as a Captain America, Winter Soldier-esque, gritty spy drama. Yeah. Then it turns into a bit of a family fun time. Yeah. And then the last bit is, here's my Max Zorin-esque yeah. plan and base floating in the sky. Here's my... Perhaps should have done a spoiler alert before that. Austin Powers. It's, yeah, it's it like a... beyond Roger Moore, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I, I, like I say, I enjoyed it. I don't think there was enough David Harbour in it. No. But nothing's got enough David Harbour in it, even Stranger Things. I actually thought the idea of the villain is not properly nasty. Thinking about David Harbour, actually, what because he starts his introduction and demonstrates just how strong he is and then you never really saw him use that strength at all yeah, later even, on even when he fights Taskmaster if he could land one punch yeah that's it it's game over I think Taskmaster was a bit of a wasted character yeah it doesn't properly establish the, the actual this is what her skill set is no um, and also, I don't. What was the point of casting Olga Kurilenko in that role? To take her helmet off for 30 seconds and be covered in prosthetics and not say anything. Like, just like just get out, the, it could be anyone. In many ways, just don't bother taking the mask off. Yeah. The fight between Taskmaster and Red Guardian wasn't perhaps as climactic as it was perhaps geared up to be. No. I thought that was heading towards him doing a noble sacrifice to save his quote-unquote daughter. Yeah. But it was, you know, perfectly watchable. <laughs> Again, spoiler alert, it was some way into the film it actually clicked with me that she wasn't his real daughter. Yeah. Even when they landed back in Russia and the two girls were taken off to the Black Widow Training Academy. Yeah. I thought he was just sending his own kids off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was some time into it before I thought, oh, I'm going to be, the kids are just actors. So we're going to put um, Black Widow in the Sergeant of Hell? 
it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because if you don't, people will throw around accusations of <laughs> you didn't do it because she's a woman. But I'm not sure it was quite up there with the best Marvel films. No, but we've we've put shit characters in before. She's definitely and she's a not strong a shit character. character no. That's true. That is true. It's just un- it's unfortunate that her film is not her best film. That's the problem. For and me. To an extent, isn't even really about her all no. that much. No. So yeah, she can, she can go in. Also suffered from prequel syndrome. You know what's yeah. coming. Yeah. The, the the jeopardy's not there. Yeah. And you also sort of think, well, where was her sister helping out then in Infinity War? Yeah. And uh, Red Guardian's not dead, is he? No. Nope. by the time. <laughs> oh my God! I've opened that kind of words. <laughs> oh no. I think I might have to end on that bombshell. So Enjoy we'll come those. back and we'll probably be discussing Shang-Chi and Eternals and Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3. 3. That's the biggie, isn't it? Spider-Man 3 is filling the gap of an Avengers film. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very exciting prospect. And of course, probably uh, No Time to Die as well, by the time we report yeah. back. Yeah. Which, uh, considering... Oh, our dog is... <laughs> I tried to sniff a dog that's about 27 times smaller than it. <laughs> Comes another one. There's, there's two dogs, you know when you hear stats like you can fit the earth in the sun a hundred times? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he would try. Yes, so fr- finally, after 27 years, the final Daniel Craig film will be out. So we'll have opportunity potentially if we get to see it. And I'd no doubt at all it will also be discussing who has been unveiled at long last as the new Bond. Probably. Because they know. Yes. They've known for two years. They've known for two years. They just haven't been able to announce it to not rain on his parade. Yeah. Cool. Well, that has been fun. Enjoy the rest of summer, this next 24 hours, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Soldiers of Hell is a Fosgate Studios production. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, comment, and share.